0: you're listening to rocket night
1: This is Sharice with Rocket Knight Magazine, and today we're speaking with Teddy Clark. I recently saw him in London at the Water Rats, and I was really impressed. So I thought, wow, let's get to know who he is and get to know his music. Hi, Teddy. How are you doing?
2: Hey, all right. Yeah. Thanks for the nice introduction.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to your music on Spotify a lot in the car.
2: Oh, amazing. That's great. Cheers.
1: You have uh, quite a collection. It looks like you just started around the time of COVID. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So the first song I put out, if I remember right, it was like March 2020 or 2021, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, So yeah, a lot of the stuff was kind of written during COVID and we were doing... Uh, like Zoom recording sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'd record at my house, send it to the producers, a lot of back and forth. So yeah, and a lot of the songs are kind of COVID inspired.
1: I think. <laughs> so you probably had a lot of time on your hands. And did that inspire you during that period of lockdown?
2: Yeah, I wrote a lot during that time. I mean, there wasn't much else to do. It was kind of just True. sitting in this room recording. But um yeah, I think it was such a strange time. So there was a lot of um a lot of stuff to write about. It was a really unprecedented time, so mm. it went better to write a song.
1: Yeah, I notice uh COVID kind of gets into the lyrics of some of your songs, like the world in which we play. To me, that sounds like you're writing about COVID.
2: Yeah, so that one is kind of about two things. It's kind of COVID and global warming, that one. So the mm. idea of that was kind of set in some kind of like apocalyptic future where we're all in this space station. Cause we've messed up the world too much to actually be, <laughs> be able to live in it. And it's what, what, what is for the children? What life have they got left? So that was kind of that one.
1: Yeah. It's kind of an odd time between COVID pandemics and global warming. And we're seeing that global warming is definitely here, especially this year was the hottest year on the planet. Being a young person, does that? how does that make you feel? I mean, do you have a, a sense of fear?
2: Yeah, I think that probably is a sense of fear with it. I think a lot of it, I try and be conscious of how much of what I'm doing is adding to that. And I think just generally being aware of I think as individuals, we have to be aware of our impact on the climate, because as you said, this year in particular, you can't avoid it. It's so obvious how everything is so much hotter and there's a lot more to it than just the planet heating up. It's all the extra impact that has and what it affects. So yeah, I guess there is a sense of fear, but I think it's also about taking responsibility in ways that maybe we can help or look at mm-hmm. ways that we can, I don't know if postponed the right word, but mm-hmm. try and avoid it as much as possible.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I- when I saw you, it, you played live, yet yeah, you're called just Teddy Clark, like a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Did you have to, well, you obviously got together a few people to form a live band. Can we talk about how that came about?
2: Yeah, so I'd been writing the stuff for a long time and... Uh, all the songs I do with the same I work with these producer songwriters called analog and digital so everything I do is with them so I kind of write a song and I'll send it so we had all this material and I started releasing and I love going to gigs it's one of my favorite things and I really enjoy performing so I was like okay I need to sort out the live set so it started with the first person I got actually was Lara who's my drummer and we went to music college together and she was the first Mm -hmm. person I ever spoke to at the time she couldn't speak a word of English Mm -hmm. so it was we'd kind of but so we we managed to communicate and we've been like great mates since so I got her in. And then it was like friends of friends or meeting people online, just sharing the music and seeing who was into it. And luckily managed to get some people who wanted to join the project.
1: Well, you guys sounded great live, sounded very tight. You had a lot of good energy on stage. One thing that really stands out is the way you dress, your style. You're, you're, you are like a teddy boy. You oh, are very.
2: Yeah, that's that pretty really part of
1: it. That's intentional, I presume.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I'm really into like my clothes and like take a lot of time, like, especially when I'm playing a gig, picking out what I'm going to wear. So if I remember, right, I had like quite a sparkly jacket on that night or something mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, I think is like, another form of expression. I think it's like I love writing songs because it's like a form of art. I see the same with the way I dress.
1: What I notice, what makes your music different, is. It has a real retro sound. It does sound kind of 50s or 60s. And the structure is like what I would call a real song where you have choruses, you have beautiful chord changes, too, in the lyrics. Um, I mean, in the melody. I have to say my favorite is I Can't Wait to Forget, but the acoustic version.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that kind of surprised me when I put that out online. It, it did really well it did better than the actual version but um yeah i think the acoustic version there's it, it's a bit more heartbreaking i guess that with the the full band version it's very like all poppy and kind of bright and upbeat which i love and it's really fun to play live but i think people really resonated with the acoustic one because it's just guitar a bit of piano and lyrics it's a lot more like heartfelt i guess or even I,
1: I like the piano it's and the sound of the song is more understated, and I listen to the lyrics more when I don't have as many instruments going on in the background. It really focuses on the vocals, I think, and it's it's just really beautiful. The acoustic is—I just love it. Okay. I've had the earworm in my head like all weekend.
2: <laughs> I'll take that as a win. I will take
1: that. That's 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 good. Yeah, because a lot of the songs are really catchy. Poor man's son, love it very catchy and another one broken design yeah and they're all kind of danceable and upbeat they're they're retro but yet they're very alternative indie at the same time
2: well that to be honest those are you kind of nailed my inspirations i love retro music and it's kind of what i grew up on like my dad was really into people like the smiths don mclean just various, like, I grew up a lot with a mix of old and new music. I love indie music. So when I'm writing my songs, I just want something I can have. Like, I want to write songs that I'd want to listen to. But also, you said beat. I want something that I really like having fun on stage and kind of dancing around like a bit of a lunatic. <laughs> so I think the, the, more, the better the danceable feel is the more I can have fun with it on stage. And I think if I'm having fun, the audience can enjoy it more.
1: Well, you can move. You can dance, obviously, if it's a beat.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's a bit harder yeah. to do that on a ballad.
1: Just <laughs> I think it's always interesting when, is when the lyrics are kind of melancholy, but yet the melody is upbeat and you don't realize it's melancholy.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, see, actually funny. I to say that. A lot of my songs are quite melancholy. I'm trying to
1: challenge
2: myself uh, to write something. Yeah, a but- <laughs> melody, uh, finding that a bit
1: harder. <laughs> are those albums behind you?
2: Oh yeah, I've got a load of records. Those are loads of my records. You've got a
1: turntable and everything.
2: Yeah, the turntable's just down here. But I love listening to records. I kind of like the fact it's a lot harder to skip a song. Just put it on, listen, and Mm I think I I love it.
1: Well, that's that's very nostalgic. Who do you listen to when you listen to the turntable?
2: Uh, Who was the last person I listened to? I listened to uh, one of Ben Howard's album the other day. Uh, I listened to. I was listening to Kate Bush this morning. She's one of my favorite artists. I think she's brilliant. Declan McKenna, who's an artist I really admire. Whoever's record I can get my hands on, I'll ever (laughs) ever listen to.
1: I think that's fantastic because uh, it's just, it's real. I think that's one thing we learned during COVID, that things that are tangible mean more. Mm -hmm. Like touching an album. You know what I mean?
2: I think you were forced to be away from so much that it kind of... Mm -hmm. It, it, I think, you think you're think you right it made tangibility so much more meaningful and during COVID actually is when I really got into my records every mm-hmm. day I would listen to a new album and because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything else to do it was just kind of for me writing listening to music
1: exactly are you um academically trained in music just out of curiosity or self-taught
2: um no so I had like guitar lessons as a kid and I was always really into like theater and things like that so I had mm-hmm. singing lessons through so doing stuff like that and then i went to music college but that was more for performance rather than like sitting down doing theory and then i did some theory lessons just cuz i found it interesting mm-hmm. kind of links with the guitar so, and the singing
1: so having a background in theater kind of explains the nostalgia as well because they're real what i would call real songs you know real melodies and uh your performance i'm sure the theater helped with that as well
2: yeah i think on stage and actually even the recordings, I think my stuff's quite theatrical. Sometimes I think I've I've got to tone it down, like, especially with my writing, I've got a tendency to go quite out there and I'm like, no, let's tone that, (laughs) tone it back a little bit. Or even with, I love a harmony. So I'll do loads of harmonies on my stuff. And I'm (laughs) I'm trying to teach the band to do the backing vocals for it now. And I'll get to one and be like, oh, I really (laughs) went mad on this one, I'll do like a five part harmony or something. But it's fun, I enjoy it.
1: When you've written a song, Let's say on the piano is it hard to get the band to put it, you know, to put it together and flesh it out?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of like pianos and keys. I myself don't actually play that. That's one of uh, my collaborators, Ben. Okay. Um, so the way I normally write, I write everything on guitar, I and see. then I'll go to uh, Ben and Joel, who I work with, and then they'll add like other parts into so, like Ben is an incredible piano, like synth pianos. He does a lot of my string lines. So it's been interesting adding that to the live thing because at the minute I haven't got a keyboard player. So we use that with, uh, we kind of sample all the pianos and strings because it's such a huge part of my sound. I didn't want to just...
1: It's very Uh, full, very orchestral. Yeah, I
2: love it. I love cinematic music. So I think Mm -hmm. that's been a big inspiration in all the stuff I do. But I want to say it's been a challenge. It's kind of been fun because then we'll look at ways of... uh, how to change things up slightly. So like the song that I finished my set with is called False Prophets and the actual, it's not out yet, but the recording of that is really cinematic and orchestral. And live we've made it quite like mm-hmm. punky and uh, indie rock, I guess, because I think it's quite fun to have music live, completely different, not completely different, but a different feel to the recording. I think it's a different experience and maybe you might get a different meaning out of the lyric with it or something like that. So I've enjoyed that kind of experience of having to tailor it slightly different.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, that you collaborate with uh, Ben and Joel. Is it Bogan their last name?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: All of your music, do you collaborate with them or just some? How does it work collaborating with other people?
2: Uh, Well, actually, everything I've put out has been with them. So (laughs) I've been like working with them for. I feel like we started in like 2019, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's been a I've known them for years, but um, the way we were slightly unconventional. Like I'll record and write everything at home and do like some kind of demo. Then I'll either send it to them in advance or bring it to the studio. We'll maybe talk through some ideas and I can come back and it's quite, it's fun They keep me on my toes because I'll come back and sometimes they will have gone in a completely different direction and be like, what do you think of this? Which actually something like Broken Design originally for me, it was really like rocky guitars. And then I came to the studio and it's this like, or there's reggae elements and like really synthy, which I love though. I think because it's something I wouldn't have necessarily thought to do, and they'll play it, and I'm like, yeah, it makes perfect sense, and it just like lifts the song. So yeah, it's, <laughs> I really enjoy collaborating with them.
1: I think that's fantastic because using more than one person, you you all, like you said, have a different take. They might think of it as a reggae. Looks like they do a great job with the production and fleshing out. Adding those embellishments okay. that really make it special.
2: Well, they're brilliant, and they're such a huge. I see them as like they're part of the Teddy Clark thing. Mm-hmm. They're such a huge part of the project because we do everything together, the the three of us. We make sure it's
1: keep doing it because I mean everything that comes out bleak. I love that too. Stick and Pope. It's it's good. It's solid music. Now, growing up in London is that an advantage you think, and as far as being in the music industry or a disadvantage? What's it like?
2: I think weirdly both because there's so many like especially with the live thing there's so many music venues and things like that you're disposable and it's so disposable disposal even and it's so easy to meet people Mm -hmm. but the thing with London is it's so overcrowded (laughs) that you're so one in this huge crowd of people but um, I I, I think I'm lucky that I've grown up in London I definitely think it has given me opportunity because it is so easy to meet people even like every the whole band all of us live in different parts of London but just through the internet, we've all met and we were able to find somewhere that, meet in the middle, rehearse, same with Joel and Ben, they're in London. I think it's very like, it's easy to get places, easy to meet people, so many venues, so many studios. So I think, I think it's been an advantage. I think there's difficult parts of it, but I definitely think it's an advantage living in London.
1: I myself go to London just to find indie bands just like you. What's interesting, on a Wednesday night, the quality of the music that I see in a small venue is superb to what I see here, in in America. Honestly, if I were to go to a small venue, I would not see the musicianship that I see in London. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: yeah. I've never been to America. I'd love to. I'd love to play in America at some point. But.
1: When you think of America, what do you think of? Like New Everybody seems to think of New York. I don't know. What do you think of?
2: I don't know. I've got family in America, so it's. I've just oh, you do? Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, I think the, the thing that I like, the idea of performing in America is it's so big. So like states could be completely different in their music taste, in their gig scenes. So I think it just must be really fun that you could play, as you said, someone like New York and then go, I don't know, someone like Alabama and it's completely different. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: I don't know about a lot of venues there, but um, Muscle Shoals and all these uh, places, this you know, in Alabama, Mississippi, they did a lot of recording in the 60s, you know? A lot of good stuff came out of there. I'm just astonished at the wealth and the number of venues where you are. We don't have that. The yeah, density, yeah.
2: It's all for choice in London. You can literally walk.
1: You can go in it. every corner, there's something, you know?
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. Even in something like, you'll have like, a music venue, then you're also a pub set of live music. There's In London, you're never short of music. There's music every night, every all times or hours. <laughs> we're, we're very lucky in that way.
1: Extremely, cause, because even on a Sunday night, you can pack a venue.
2: Yeah. Actually, yeah, some of the best gigs I've been to have been on a mm-hmm. Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Never short of music.
1: So, what's next for Teddy? What, what do you want to do the rest of the year? Any big plans?
2: So, I've got an EP, my first EP coming out this year. So I think I've got one more, my next single is, is if it still goes to play <laughs> the next single is probably the lead track of the EP and then the EP will come out a few weeks after that. Um, I'm trying to gig a bit more out of London now. So I love playing in London, but I'm starting to broaden my horizon. So recently I've been playing more in like Hertfordshire. I've got some stuff coming up in Brighton, just trying to play more various places in the UK. So a lot more releases, more gigs. Mm-hmm. That's what i've got planned for the year. music video coming out in a couple of months stuff like that
1: yeah it looks like you've been releasing a single this year like every few months
2: i've been trying yeah i've been trying to get something out every like month to two months so from the rest of the year and next year i want to try and see if i can get a song out a month or like an ep out so ep should be about six tracks so some of them are out some of them are new so i've had them for a while i'm looking forward to actually just getting them out into the world now
1: and you've got Quite a few videos that go along with the one I noticed you did with Super Eight.
2: Yeah, I see. I've got a bit of a fascination with Super Eight. I think it's really cool. It's that thing you said earlier about vinyls being able to hold the camera, and it was me and a friend of mine film that. And she's really into. Uh, she's a filmmaker, so she mm-hmm. loves stuff like that. And it was really interesting because obviously you can't see what you're filming. True. You know, so it was there was a slight heart heartbeat moment where we sent it off. I'm like, what if it just comes back and there's no footage whatsoever or it doesn't work? But no, it was really fun. We kind of just, we were, she lived on a boat, so we filmed on her boat, just walked all around London and tried to do, so. I felt like Bleak for me feels that it's probably one of the most honest songs I've written. And I wanted a video mm-hmm. that kind of just matched that. So just something really like DIY and heartfelt.
1: I, I loved it. And I was wondering how the heck did you find film? Because I didn't even know people develop film anymore. As far as for Super Eight or
2: well, luckily oh. Amazon, Amazon was the Amazon.
1: Amazon- really, is that yeah, where you can find
2: I it? I was surprised. I thought Holy be- cow! To get the. I had to send it off somewhere else to obviously get it developed, but surprisingly, I think I got like the last roll of it left. But <laughs> there was like I think we, oh, I think we got two or three rolls, and they were literally the last in stock on Amazon, and we used all three up and managed to make the video work. <laughs>
1: What are they like? Forty years old or something? I just—I don't even know if people are still manufacturing. I'm wondering.
2: No, I don't think they are. I think we were just very lucky to. to
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I thought th- I thought that was fascinating because I mean, as a little kid, we had Super Eight eight millimeter, and you'd have to mail them into a company, and they mail back a little reel. So you had to have a a projector in order to really see it, right? You well, got we, the little reel back, or?
2: Well, well, I did get the reel back, but actually. This, I guess this is the joy of <laughs> modern technology. When I sent it off, they sent me instantly just a digital version. So I managed to skip the projector. I have got the reel around somewhere, so maybe one day I'll have to <laughs> get projector out and actually watch it. But yeah, I was, l- luckily I managed to send it off and it was already dig- digitalized for me. So then I just had to like cut and paste bits and edited the video to like mm-hmm. how I wanted. Because also that was the thing, it's not like we filmed it in order because you can't just stop, here we go, go back. It's all one one reel, once that's gone, it's done. So. It was a fun project because it was like we couldn't spend too much time on anything or we kind of did a rough plan of what we wanted, but it was all very like spare of the moment and just walking around and like, ah, this suits the vibe of the video or oh, this would be really cool. or what? This might be a great shot. So it was it's just very DIY, very like fun. It was like a great day just to kind of sit down, a couple of ideas, see what we got out of it.
1: Well, I gave it a nice nostalgic feel and the colors were kind of faded like like it was old or whatever, and it really was, I suppose. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> in a sense. So uh, you said you're interested in venturing outside of London. Any chance of going up to like Manchester? There's a rich music scene up there.
2: Yeah, no, Manchester's, I've kind of just got a list of loads of places. So throughout the rest of this year and next year, I just want to travel wherever I can with music. And I think, I know Manchester's got quite a big indie scene, so I think they would like the stuff we do. I want to do, I started, I did some festivals recently, so I'd love to do some more festivals. That's such a great way to see other parts of the country. But yeah, Manchester, Brighton, Liverpool. I'd love, my one of my guitarists is from Scotland, so we're saying at some point, make a journey up to Scotland playing Glasgow and Edinburgh.
1: Well, maybe you can play at the Cavern.
2: <laughs> that would be a dream.
1: <laughs> it would be. Uh, they always have like during the day, you know, acoustic people and, you know, small bands and stuff i looked up the history of the water rats where you played i didn't know that that was where bob dylan made his debut
2: yeah i saw that when i said i play there. i kind of looked into it. there were so many iconic acts that I played there but bob dylan that was like a wow moment being like oh that's really isn't cool.
1: that yeah. wild yeah to be like in the same place where the man <laughs> performed or whatever that's that's pretty interesting I've always wondered, because I'm not a musician over there, how do you find the gigs as far as the venues and stuff? Do you have an agent or I'm just curious?
2: Uh, at this point, I don't have an agent. So what I do is I'll find like it kind of changes. Some place you contact uh, like a promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might represent several venues or they might just do like one night somewhere, things like that. So I've done a few gigs through promoters. Sometimes you just contact the venue directly and they'll put you on. And then I've had quite a few now where like promoters will recognize you from what you've done before and be like, Oh, you were really cool here. Could you play here for us? And stuff like that. So yeah, it's just kind of a lot of emailing and just reaching out to people.
1: That's great. Cause uh, here it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult, but I always wondered over there, how do you guys get the gigs or, you know, and you're, we're in, well, you're in festival season. It's, I guess it's kind of ending summer, but maybe next summer you can get in on some festivals.
2: Yeah, we played our first one a couple of weeks back, but next oh, year. You was, oh, you did! Oh, Yeah, it was really. It was for BBC introducing, so that was like a real high point of the summer. That was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, next year I'd love to try and get a few more in, like mm-hmm. summer packed full of music would be.
1: Cool. What's that like being on stage at a festival with a ton of people?
2: Yeah, it was really cool, especially because there's a lot of people that like weren't there to see me, or like, mm-hmm. so it was it was nice. We managed to get a decent crowd in, which is always good and spoke to a lot of people afterwards who enjoyed the set yeah it was it was a different experience to play like a gig in like a small little venue
1: that's wonderful so it looks like this year you're going to going to be releasing more music what do you what what's your dream to do like down the road
2: dream well eventually i'd love to do like a full length album for now i'll keep Mm -hmm. with the singles we have
1: enough material i do
2: i mean yeah i've got more than an album's worth but i'd love to at some point do like Not necessarily a concept album, but something like from beginning to end feels like Mm. one complete like project. Like I love things like OK Computer by Radiohead because I think that's just like such a solid album, like listen to beginning to end and it all feels so cohesive. So I'd love to do something like that. um, I'd love to do like a proper tour, UK and abroad. Got a lot of goals and stuff like that. So a lot of hard work is needed. But yeah, to do, play a lot more music, release a lot more music. That's kind of the goal.
1: One thing I noticed about your music, it would fit really well in in movies, you know, soundtracks and stuff like that. I don't know if that's, I don't know how people get into that, but it would, that would be another option, I would suppose. I
2: love that, like cinematic music is such an
1: influence. It fits really well, yeah.
2: Oh, I would love it. So that's been trying to, that's another goal. I've been trying to contact some people, see if I can make it happen. So that's. Well,
1: there's a lot of studios there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you're right in the heart of all the the filmmaking and where they do all that stuff. That would be an option too. So, what does Teddy do when he's not playing music?
2: Not much. It's a lot, of, a lot of <laughs> playing and writing music, to be honest. Um, I'm still, as I said earlier, like I was uh, did a lot of theatre as a kid. So I'm I'm, I'm still into my theatre. I love to go and watch new mm-hmm. plays or musicals or whatever it is. But a lot of my time is just writing music, mm-hmm. recording music planning like all the admin kind of side of it with releases and stuff like that. That's like a big chunk of my
1: Mm -hmm. time. You've been playing music since you were a kid, I presume.
2: Yeah. I've just always kind of grown up. Like I think I was probably that annoying kid that age two was trying to do a performance to everyone in the living room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I've always been just loved performing, loved singing.
1: You have a great voice. I love very melodic goes great with the style too.
2: Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would want people to know about you that's not out there? Uh,
2: no, I think we've pretty much covered everything, to be honest.
1: Because it's kind of hard to find some information online. I just want to make sure that we get news out or something that you would want people to know.
2: You know, uh, The main thing for me is like the release is coming out, which we've kind of covered, I guess. Yeah, I, I like being a little bit mysterious, not, not giving too much.
1: What are some up and coming bands that you kind of listen to?
2: Uh, so at the minute, they're, they're massive at the minute. I really like wet leg. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. The objective, uh, the last dinner party I've just started listening to. They're really cool. They're kind of like ABBA meets sparks meets Florence. And oh. the Machine. So there, I, th- I think, and also just like uh, I've seen some like live footage of them. So I'm going to see them this week. I'm excited to see them, but um, they're very like, just their image on stage is really cool. It's almost like they dress almost medieval-esque. It's oh like my
1: goodness. This sounds really inspired.
2: neat. But yeah. It's like Sparks meets Florence and the Machine, which.
1: Kind of an art about. rock, kind of art rock. Yeah. It is yeah experimental, well. whatever. Wow. That sounds really neat. That's pretty cool. So anyway, I've been enjoying your music in the car. Because I listen to Spotify in the, in the car, oh, and I know I know all your songs. I've gone through each one and and listened to everything. And like I said, I think my favorite is I can't wait to forget the acoustic version with just the simple piano. Gorgeous, yeah. it's gorgeous. That could be in a that could be in a movie.
2: That's the go I'm going to try. I want to get. Yeah, it's
1: that's the be one beautiful. you want to get in in the movie. <laughs> to be honest, because it's just. It would be great in, like, one of those romantic, you know, comedies or something.
2: Hey, I see it, I see it. <laughs> I, can,
1: I can kind of picture that in my head, so. Well, thanks for talking with me, and see you later. And it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Here is Teddy Clark's song, Bleak.
0: Somehow, I'm still here standing just like how. I was last year when I was telling you that, this year i change I'm still stuck in a job I don't want conquer further And I've already got. but It's is better than cleaning tables I. Tell me how I've come around again. Thought by now I'd be where I wanted to get. All I see is gray, dull and bleak, but hey, maybe next year I'll do what I say. Just procrastinate, tell myself today Can't be pushed back until tomorrow I feel late, helpless Perception's been worse and I hate this My ego's been burned but maybe I needed to take the hit So what now? I can't just keep saying how I'm gonna change things if the action's not there What did I really expect? Tell me why I'm exactly where I left. Thought by now I'd be where I wanted to get. All I see is grey, dark and bleak, but hey, maybe next year I'll do what I say. Just procrastinate, tell myself today. Can't be pushed back until tomorrow
1: Listening to Rock at Night.
2: The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at reverbnation.com.